So we'll try to understand how Klippa operates and how could you avoid it as best as possible. So during the time of the base of Migdash, any time a person did an Avera, they were able to bring a carbon and they got rid of the Ruach Shtos, the Klippa that was sitting by them in the heart, they got rid of it by bringing the carbon. Or there was a carbonist that were brought for Kal Yisrael in the morning and in the afternoon, so that at any given moment, people were forgiven for anything they did wrong. Now, in general, when a person does an Avera, a Ruach Shtos goes on that person, and it comes from Makif of Klippa, of the level of Chaya, which in general we know that there's Chaya and Yechida, and Yechida, Klippa cannot attach itself over there. But in Chaya, that's a level where Paray and Amalek are from the stubbornness of going against the Ebishter, even though it makes no sense. And whenever a person does an Avera, just like one mitzvah leads to another mitzvah, so the same thing when it comes to Avera is one Avera leads to another Avera. And the reason is because of this Ruach that's sitting on the person that leads him on that he should continue doing more Averas until he breaks out of this shell. And it could be done through Tzedakah and other mitzvahs to break a person out. Now, during the time of the Beis Migdash, they didn't have this issue of Klippa harassing them. And they were able to avoid it. And because of that, their minds were very relaxed. And relaxed in two ways. Number one is they didn't have Tirda Sapranasa like we have today. They didn't worry about their livelihoods. Every person sat under his fig tree that gave him his Parnasa in a very easy way. And also when it came to serving the Abishter, they were able to connect very easy. First of all, they came three times a year in Shashar Gullam and they saw godliness. But when it comes to just trying to connect to Abishter, we have a much harder time. We struggle in davening and we never feel like we actually quite got there. We don't feel the real Avanira. And like it says, there's a Arlas of Avchem. There's something that blocks that the heart shouldn't feel properly for the Abishter. But during the time of the Beis Migdash, they had that freedom of being able to connect and being able to feel it and experience it. And everything went much easier than what we have today. The Mitlaba writes that the same way in Gaulus Mitzrayim they slept bricks, now also we're slepping bricks. Through the Tirs Aparnasa, every person's trying to build a, a Migdal Bavali writes. Everyone's trying to be super successful. And... We're schlepping bricks the same way they slept bricks in Mitzrayim. No different. But it's in our head. Right, the Mitzrayim Rabbah. So now, during the time of the Beis HaMikdash, the Yidin recognized exactly what does it mean to serve the Eivishter. And they realized that the heart, what it wants, it's the Ratzin Gashmi, the physical will that a person is born with, is Klippa. And the person either became a Tzaddik or he continued to living his life as a Rasha. And... Klaisho in general was divided up into two groups. The Altaber writes that you didn't have this concept of someone who was in between. It was either you're a tzaddik or you're a rasha, because just through sheer brain powers, a dardea, they understood what was right and what was wrong. So it says that in general nowadays when a person goes to sleep, if the person was associated with klipa during the day, in a way even Tivis Heter, the person, the shama, instead of going up to Ganeden, Naaretz, so at night when a person goes to sleep, the person's neshama, if he was associated with klipa during the day, the person's neshama would go up to a hechel of, of klipa instead of kedusha. And over there, the neshama gets associated with all kind of uh, other evil things. And that's why we say brachas in the morning, 
Because when you get up in the morning, you're trying to disassociate yourself from that whole experience of klipa. And that's why as soon as a person gets up, he has to wash Nagel Vasar and say the Brachal until he dies, because that'll cause that the Klippa should be distanced from him. And a person goes through other Brachas to slowly remove that Klippa from him. We say, that you're bringing us back to life just like by Trias and Mesim. There's a Brach on that you're giving us to be able to understand the difference between right and wrong, to separate uh, the Klippa from Kedusha. Brachas about Pekech uh, Ivim, which allows for the Chabad Shebenefesh to become holier, which the, the eyes are in the head, the Indian of Chochma. There's also more brachas for Makiftika levels. We say the bracha of Shasli Katsarki goes on the shoes, which refer to, again, the lower part, the Levushim, uh, the Nehi of the person, the Machshav Dibir Maisa, but in a Makiftika way, that should get refined from Klippa. And then we also have a bracha of Ayyishal Bhagavura, which goes on the Midas of a person in a Makavtika way. And then you also have the bracha of Ayyishal Bhagavura, which goes on the Tvil and Shabirash, which is a Makif of Chabad Shabinafish. Until finally you make a br- the bracha of Mavar Shainim Enoi, which is basically trying to totally remove it from you. And this is the process a person goes through until they get to Haidu and Zimra and Shema in order to completely remove themselves from Klippa, in order to be able to daven properly and connect to Abishter. Now it says that the spot that the Neshama goes to, if it was going through Kedusha during the day, it'll go to Ganeden of the Oretz. That means it gives an actual place in Mokim Gashmi, I believe it's 32 degrees south of Mishalayim, somewhere in the Mediterranean, which we all know that there's uh, a river that leads into four rivers, that over there we say Gan Yotzim Eden, that over there is Gan Eden. So there's actual place that's associated with it, and over there is where the Neshama would go if it would be in a Makam Kedusha. In general, that's a spot that all underground springs come forth into, and that's the main Tehoim. And from there you have rivers that flow out throughout the whole world, and they all go back into the ocean, and from the ocean it goes back underground, and it, it comes back again a full cycle. So now the question is, is where exactly does Klippa come from? If this is where Kedusha is from, where does Klippa get its energy from? And the truth is that as soon as that one river breaks up into four rivers, at that point is where you have Klippa coming into the picture, and that's why we know that even though on a very high level, the Nilus is a high level in Kedusha, but the way it expresses itself in this world is already at the point of where it got cut off from Ganeiden, and that's why Goyim look at the Nilus as a source of Parnassah, because it appears as if it's something that's just independent from the Abishur, God forbid. And when it comes to the Yidden, the way they got their Parnassah, when it comes to Eretz Yisrael, everything comes through rain. And rainwater, you have to look upwards and dive into the Abishur, so it's obvious that it comes from the Abishur. Now, what allowed the Klippa should originally even take form that we should have this issue. So we all know that there's Eitadas, Toivera, and in Ganeiden there's this issue of Ra mixed in. So the big question comes up is, how could it even be possible that in Ganeiden there should be Indian of Ra? And it goes as follows. There's an example given of a king that a minister is bowing down to the king, and at the same time there's a regular servant that's bowing down to the minister while the minister is bowing down to the king. Now, the question is, the minister didn't do anything wrong over here. 
But the truth is that if the minister was completely bottled to the king, the servant would feel that bittle and the servant wouldn't feel any independence that he should go and bow down to the minister. He would do exactly what the minister is doing and he would, the servant would also bow down to the king. The same thing that we find when it comes to the son. That the son is constantly bottled to the Abishter, so how is it possible that it allows for human beings, in the case of Avoidazar, that they bow down to the son? How is it possible that the son allows for something like that? And the truth is that the son doesn't want for that to happen. It's just that if the son was completely bottled to the Abishter and it wasn't even left a hair's breadth, we say one out of 10,000 parts, that the son is missing a bittle, it feels itself. And because of that, it allows for the fact that people obviously against its will, allows for the fact that people could bow down to the sun. And that one out of 10,000 is the same thing that we find when it comes to Ganeidin, that in Olam Habriya, it feels how it loves the Ebishter. All the Malachim, all the Neshamis over there, they don't have complete Bittal Metzius, they may have Bittal Biyash, but they still feel that they themselves are loving the Ebishter. Yesh Mishayev. Obviously when it comes to Atzil, it's a different story, but even in Atzilus, you have a concept of being completely bottled. And we say that it's a ruma, the very fact that what is it? It's Matthias, it says, look on bottle, which that represents the Klippus Noiga of Atzilus, and that allows for Dinim and Klippa to come down in the lower worlds and eventually express themselves in these rivers that we were talking about before. Now it says elsewhere that if a person is associated with Klippa during the day, even Taivas Heta for the wrong reason, it causes a vapor to rise to his Shoresh Neshama that's sitting in Atzilus, and it creates a cloudiness that blocks the Chabad Shabinefesh from coming into the Midas, and that causes that the person, we say Zaz, is considered Odom Halyin, that causes that to go to sleep. And whenever a person learns Torah, he awakens his Neshama Lamayla, and it's learning again. This concept is found in the physical level, that when a person eats food, there's a chitzaniyistika part of the food and a primiyistika part. So the primiyist part of food causes a person to have more energy in their brain. But the chitzaniyistika part of the food creates this vapor that blocks the nefesh asichlis from coming into the person's brain and that causes the person to go to sleep. So a person should want to do everything they can throughout the day to diminish any influence that klipa has over them so that at night also the person avoids the klipa. Because in truth, it's a never-ending cycle that a person has to do whatever he can to break. 